Hey, everybody. Hello. It's the middle of November, which you know what that means. It's time for us to keep talking about Halloween. Hey. Uh, my name's Alex. I'm Nick. I'm Elise. And this is Some Nerds Have a Podcast. And we have a podcast, and we're going to be talking about stuff. Alex apparently has a lot of stuff, and Elise and I are, are dead tired right now and have, like, two things to talk about. Do we want to start with our exciting announcement, or do we want to wait till the end let's, and, like, tease it out? Let's go ahead, because I think we teased it, like, a month ago and then oh, never yeah. actually said anything yeah, about it let's, since then. let's talk about it. All right. So we are going to be uh, at MarsCon this year. Hey. Well, next year. Virginia. Beautiful. Downtown Williamsburg. Home of... Very that, little. That guy in the three-cornered hat. <laughs> the guy in the three-cornered hat. The creepy... God, did you guys see that? Like, the creepy, like, Disney World mascot? Oh, I did see that. And the Christmas store that's open all year round. The Christmas store... I mean, there's a lot of places where they have Christmas stores open all year round. We were we were on the way back from uh, from Charleston, and we stopped in at... Uh, we stopped in at uh, south of the border on the way back... On the way oh, down. yeah. And South of the border has its own Christmas. They had so they totally have their own year-round Christmas. I thought you were going to talk yeah. about Kenley. Oh, we were going to talk about yeah, Kenley. Does Kenley have Christmas stuff year-round? I feel like they should. They but do. What's, they do. What's a Kenley? Kenley. Kenley is this middle out of uh, like middle of nowhere town in in North Carolina mm. that had this magical truck stop open. Okay. And the first time Elise and I stopped there, we made a joke that it was like Brigadoon, but for truckers. <laughs> okay. Because there's just like, it was just this magical place. That, like everything that you could ever want was there. Like they have a gym. They have a laundry facility. They, they have a place get, where you can take naps. You can get a haircut. But you could also like, you can also go in and be like, man, I need some new chrome exhaust things for my huge tractor trailer and also a copy of moonlight on blu-ray yes no that's great and then they have like a weird they have a selection of guitars yeah they have a selection of guitars and it's like man i could really use some cowboy boots (laughs) and a nice dragon statue to bring home to the wife so uh where is this again it's it's in in the middle it's off of i-95 in north carolina a small little town called kenley all right so trucker listeners (laughs) if you're ever in kenley north carolina breaker breaker one nine come back big mama Uh, this is uh jack boy I just imagine that like like everyone in, in like 2018, everyone's like CB handle who has one is also like their fet ca- their fet life account. <laughs> is this true? You, I mean, I mean, you have to cultivate an online persona, and so you know you gotta. But make... the, but CB radio is <laughs> not the internet. I know. Let's be very clear here. I know. <laughs> Yeah, but the like, internet's not just something you find on a bunch of big trucks. It, it, okay. It's like a tube, <laughs> right? It's a series of tubes. But then the, that like begat the the series this, of jokes about Kenley. Yeah, this this was 2005 meme corner. <laughs> uh, so okay, so yeah, our, our did we say what our announcement was? No, we no, did not. God, no, we're Sorry. gonna be we're gonna be at MarsCon. No, we said that. Okay, we're gonna be uh, uh, we're gonna be at MarsCon this year. Um, so yeah, we're gonna be guests. We're, or, gonna be, we're additional guests. Yeah, we're additional guests. We're we're also appearing. Yes, uh, special <laughs> appearance by. Yeah, not quite sure what we're gonna be doing uh, yet, but we've got some Probably ideas. Some we've got some ideas. We're talking to folks. We're yeah. getting some scheduling stuff worked out. So come if you are in Virginia and you want to. See the faces behind these sultry voices. Um, come. It's going to be January 18th through the 20th, 2019. Um, it's going to be held at the, I think, the Doubletree. 
in Williamsburg, Virginia. Um, so check it out. It's a fun. It's a fun convention. We're gonna be guests at it. Uh, we encourage you guys to get out there and come see us. Yeah. It's a science fiction convention. Yeah. It's so, like a kitchen. It's, it's a yeah, yeah. It's a grab bag. It's all sorts of stuff. So we'll be talking about all kinds of basically stuff. whatever we can. Um, you know, like we do right like now. Like this, it'll be like this podcast, but stretched out over three days. Yay. Oh God, I'm doing a terrible job of selling this. <laughs> yeah, the Double Tree um, Hotel in Williamsburg. Um, yeah, it's gonna yeah. be a lot of fun. So come see us there. Um, so on tonight's broadcast, we're gonna be talking about uh, Halloween and the Halloween things that we did, among other things, and some other things. Halloween post mortem. This is. This is what these are our best shows where we just kind of talk about just whatever the fuck we like. We don't have a theme, we don't have a topic. We're just like gonna go. This is what is this not what we do? Sometimes we have a topic. That's true. All right, so let's let's stop just running around in circles. We watched some movies on movies. Halloween. We did, um, and there are some movies that Nick and I watched. Yep. And then uh, Elise joined us for like the last one. I did. Yes. I did. Uh, so do we want to start with the first one we watched, which was. Which one, which one was the first one? In, in the, the Mouth, Mouth of, of Madness. Madness. Okay. Yeah, In the Mouth of Madness. This is one of my favorite horror movies. It's one of my favorite Carpenter movies. I am very surprised I had never I, heard of this before. I was really surprised you had never seen it before either, because we are both big H.P. Lovecraft fans, mm-hmm. and it is probably the best. Um, it's not an adaptation of any of H.P. Lovecraft's works, but it is probably the best Lovecraftian at least film. Yeah. I, I don't know big about... Big budget film. Big budget. Well, yeah. you know. I, I would I would say that... Um, John Carpenter film, as big a budget as he The H.P. Lovecraft Historical Society's version of Call of Cthulhu, the black and white silent uh, one. I, it's, it's a good... It is a good adaptation. Yes. But I feel like in terms of just Lovecraftian ideas... It's it's the best original yeah. Lovecraftian. I don't know. Movie. I feel like... This is going to be a whole other topic of discussion, but basically I'll, I'll just I'll sum up my thoughts for that as saying that I feel like Lovecraft's original stories work best as stories. And if you try to adapt them to, to the film, unless you completely depart from the from the source material, it's not it, it can be fine. Like, I think that that one is is really good for what it is. Mm-hmm. I really mm-hmm. like that movie. Yeah, but it's not it doesn't have a great story structure. And like a lot of his stories are just like, here's this creepy idea. Right. And then you can't really make a movie out of just the creepy idea. I mean, it's not just, I mean, for the call of Cthulhu, we're, we're getting off topic. We are getting off topic. But, but like for that one where it kind of jumps around from plot to plot. Yeah. I think they did a good job in the adaption with it by placing it like as a movie set from the time it was written. I'm not disagreeing. Where those kind of uh, phenomena, those kind of uh, tropes of movie making had not yet settled down. Right. And so you can kind of get away with more experimental kinds of storytelling. No, and I, like I said, I think that for what it is, it works really, really well. Mm -hmm. But I think that In the Mouth of Madness is a better movie. All right. It was a great movie, in my yeah. opinion, a fantastic one. Um, so, let's, you know, it, what is it? <laughs> okay, so uh, Sam Neill of Jurassic Park fame uh, plays an insurance adjuster or an insurance investigator, rather. Which is, I first off, right off the bat, I love that idea because it like he's not a private investigator, he's not a police officer, he. And so he kind of gets to have a way more cynical attitude towards all of this. Yeah. But still be kind of invested in the story. Mm -hmm. And so I I think that's a great way of getting him involved. He's a freelance insurance investigator 
who um, it gets kind of get brought in because this huge big name author Sutter Kane has mysteriously disappeared, and um, the uh, the people who publish his books are worried that he may be dead and unable to finish his most recent novel, which people are clamoring for, and they're starting to. That's be more like, what they're worried about. Yeah, is the novel. Yeah, they want, but they they basically, if he is dead, they want to know for sure that he is dead, and so they can get the insurance money that they're mm-hmm. entitled to, right? Because they stand to make a you know fuck ton of money off of his latest book. Um, it's kind of repeatedly said throughout the book that Sutter Kane is like the 20th century's best-selling author. Mm-hmm. Like he outsells Stephen King, like everybody else, like yeah. everyone who's even remotely close to him. Yeah. Um, and so Sam Neill gets like brought in to go try to figure it out. Um, whether whether the publishers are committing in some sort of insurance fraud or whether it's some sort of a publicity stunt or whether there's an actual legitimate claim here. Um, and so he does and hijinks ensue that yes. eventually kind of culminate in everyone going crazy and the end of the world. Well, yeah. yeah, but the, um, it's not a spoiler. It's literally how the movie starts off. <laughs> <laughs> it's the first scene of the movie. It's, it's a great film. And, uh, if you haven't seen it or heard of it, you should probably check it out. Uh, if you like that kind of stuff. Um, if you like John Carpenter movies, uh, it is put it. It is the last of the three movies that is kind of unofficially referred to as the Apocalypse trilogy. Mm-hmm. The first of which being The Thing, which is um, fantastic, which too. is a fantastic movie as well. Second one being Prince of Darkness, which you have not seen. I have not seen or heard I, of. I also really like Prince of Darkness. I think it's the weakest of the three of them, but there's a lot of really interesting ideas in it. Right. Basically, Prince of Darkness is the movie where John Carpenter, like the movie, was probably written. Where John Carpenter got really high one night <laughs> and was like, what if the devil was like antimatter, man? <laughs> and came from the future. And basically that's the movie. And so you have a whole bunch of people in that who like you've got Don uh, uh Donald Pleasance in there as a priest. Um you got a few of the the supporting cast members from Big Trouble in Little China in there and a lot of other people in there as scientists who Donald Pleasance have brought in to study this weird green goop that is in the basement of this church in downtown Los Angeles. Um, so that's another really good one. I don't mm-hmm. think it's as solid. It's got some really good scares. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are afraid of mirrors, don't watch this movie because there's some like freaky mirror shit in that movie. Um there's some really good like dream sequences and, and yeah, the, uh, it's sort of, um, it was made, I think it was his, the film that he made immediately after they live. Right. And so a lot of the same themes and visual elements that he uses in they live kind of get brought into this, which is a more of a direct horror film gotcha. rather than like a horror action film. Um, but yeah. So, so those right, are the so films the, that we watched. So, well, those two of the films we watched. We, we One only, of the films we watched. We, yeah, we didn't watch the Prince of we Darkness. We didn't watch Prince of Darkness, but We're, we should. We will. Um, but the other big movie that we watched, we watched a couple of the shorts, so we don't have to talk about that. But the other big movie that we all three watched was uh-huh. The Witch. The Witch. The Witch. Yep. Uh, Which I had seen before and you two had not. No. Um, so, I love this movie. I think that The Witch is a great, great movie. Um, I think it's probably... If not the best horror film of the last 10 years, like easily in the top five. Uh, what did you guys think? I'm not usually one for horror and I really enjoyed it. Um, but I like I like period pieces. Mm-hmm. So to give a little bit of background on The Witch, it is a Puritan family that has been ousted 
are kind of pushed to the outskirts of their um, community in 17th century America. They were too too radical for the radical Protestants. Yeah. yeah. So uh, so they're living out on their farm and they're trying to make it work and it's it's a mom, a dad, and all of their children. All of their children. There, there's yeah, a, there's, there's a baby, there's, there's a, twins, there's a young boy and a, and a teenage, teenage girl. girl. Yep. Um, so it's really interesting to watch kind of their family dynamic break down. It's a lot like The Shining. Like yeah. the, it, it, the the only other film that I can really Except compare it to. Except the dad is kind of redeemable. The dad is a little bit more redeemable, but like yeah. the the horror of the movie basically comes from watching this family unit completely destroy itself. Yeah. Um. Because and like the isolation and like the themes of like madness through isolation are really kind of prevalent in this movie. Um. Not a lot of like jump, like no zero jump scares really at all. Yeah. It's all psychological. It's all build up, and you guys were laughing at it through most of it. <laughs> um, yeah, it, I mean, <laughs> there was some points where where I was like wondering, is this creepy or is this Christianity? Because I'm yeah. not sure at yeah, this yeah, point. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, and the it really does a good job of kind of capturing the ideals and the beliefs of the people living in 17th century America because a lot of the dialogue we, we learn at a, a little uh, title card at the end comes directly from original 17th century sources. Yeah, it's the first movie that was in English that I really had to watch subtitles mm-hmm. in because uh, like, otherwise I could not understand it, which the subtitles added a new layer of, of hilarity, I think, to it with the, uh, what was it? Bre- deep breathing yeah yeah because yeah. yeah. the only the only english subtitles on there are like for the hearing impaired yeah <laughs> so we get a lot of dog barking yes. soft music yeah. kind of uh subtitles as well um but like i told you alex when we first started off at least came oh in, no like, it tries to whistle that was what it oh, was oh tries yeah, to yeah, tries yeah. to whistle <laughs> Um, I, I told you, Alex, right when we were starting off, and I don't think Elise heard it because I think it was before she came back, um, that it's a really slow burn, but then it pops off in like the last like 20 minutes of the movie. Mm-hmm. Shit goes crazy. Yeah. And you guys were laughing at it and we got to like the last like 20 minutes of the movie and it was dead yeah. For the true. rest of the last we twenty were, minutes. Yeah, we were kind of like MST3King it through most of it, and we were like, why this doesn't make any sense? Why are you doing that? Stop trying to sleep with your brother. Your um, sister. Your sister. Yeah. Uh, you know. And we were we were making a lot of jokes because there's like this weird amount of sexual tension between the brother and the sister. Well when it, you're the only other Yeah. <laughs> there was this there's a big theme in the movie about how kind of hypocritical all of the characters are because you know the the reason why they get kicked out Alex says that it's because that they're they're too radical for the radical Christians but it's it's not that it's because it, we really get a sense of the father thinks he knows better than everybody else so like he's definitely suffering from the sin of pride like he refuses to listen to everybody else yeah um the son is is like a bit lustful and incestuous mostly lustful and the, the incestuous just comes in because there is no other woman his age around other than his sister mm-hmm. so there's a few like very you know obvious shots of him like checking her out when she thinks when he thinks that she's not paying attention mm-hmm. um and then there's the 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 twins which are not heeding their mother and father at all mm-hmm. yeah um 
and uh, the baby is, I guess, a baby. Yeah. So, uh, you know, yeah. The baby's unbaptized. Ooh, Ooh no. Um, uh, and which, if you were a 17th century Puritan, that actually, it's a great little moment because they, they talk about that. And, like, there's one scene where the mom is just freaking out because she's like, my baby's in hell. Um, and she thinks all the, the kids are asleep and they're totally hearing all of it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And like the, the son confronts the, the father. It's like, am, am I, um, like, like, is, is he in hell? Am I going to hell? It's like, I, I don't know. I'm not going to tell you that one way or another kid. I'm not going to make you feel better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which, uh, which on the one hand is kind of good. Cause it is like the one time where he's like, admits that he doesn't know everything. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's a really, it's a I really solid movie. Like the the father forces kind of like the son volunteers to lie to cover up the father because he the father sells the mother's silver cup uh, to pay for traps because he thinks like okay if we can trap some animals that's how we're gonna survive the winter. I'm sure this all sounds like, super horrifying to people because their crops the crops have blighted, um, and yeah all all that all that stuff. So, but. I, lo- I like this movie because there are several different interpretations to it. And I actually brought mm-hmm. these other interpretations up to a f- another friend of mine who had seen The Witch. And he liked the, the movie. And he's like, no, no, there's a witch. It's it's real. It's real. <laughs> but but I, I don't know how many spoilers this is going to be. I'm not going to talk about the ending. Yeah. But but basically, the these this family starts feeling like they're being attacked kind of by a witch. And, and there's a witch in the woods. And... Uh, there's stuff like that going down. You could read it straight like that. Mm. And I do enjoy reading it straight like that. But you could also read it as that they're suffering from some kind of fungal poisoning. Because they, huh. ta- they talk a lot about how the crops have got this this blight on it. Oh. And there was what that, what is it, Aragot or, or something like that. Yeah. That was some partially to blame for some of the witch trials oh, that had gone wow. on. wow, no, you're right. And so it could be possibly that they're suffering from that. And that delusion along with the Christianity is kind of warping it into uh, a witch being in the woods. Huh. The alternative is that there's a witch. There's a witch. <laughs> which, <laughs> the alternative is Which, witch. again, it's, it makes it interesting because mm-hmm. it's like, and I've, I've talked about this a million times on the show already, but I love movies where you do have that kind of level of ambiguity mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. it. And so the fact that there is kind of that way that you could read this movie. Because, yeah, you could like be totally uncritical of it and just accept, oh, yeah, obviously it's a witch. Which is kind of interesting because that's what, you know, that's the mindset of people in the Salem Witch Trials. Although it took the father a really long time for him to kind of get on the witch train. Yeah. 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 Um, so, you know, it was all like, oh, we got to get him to a doctor. We got to get him to, you know. So it's like, it's not like jumping at the bit to burn witches yeah. um, or hang is, them. Which is also, you know, again, I, I did I mention the podcast I've been listening to on the program? I can't remember. Okay, you've mentioned a few uh, podcasts. I've mentioned, I've mentioned it to you guys, but I can't remember if I've mentioned it on the show. Um, the a- Aaron, Aaron Mankey's uh, of Lore Fame is doing Unobscured, mm-hmm. which is a series about the Salem Rich, Witch Trials and really taking you through not just the history of the Salem witch trials, but the context that led uh, up to them. The the politics and all of the things on there. So it, it was an interesting thing because we watched this and then Elise and I listened to the whole series up to this point um, after that. So it kind of puts it into context. Um, but yeah, just really, really well acted. If you're into history, like, like most of us are mm-hmm. or all of us are, um, if you're into, um, if you're into horror, 
like a couple of us are. Um, <laughs> it's it's a nice little blending of those two things. It is, and it's not. Again, it's not tacky. It's not corny. There's like not. There's no jump scares in it. It's just a good solid story that happens to be like absolutely creepy and terrifying towards the end. There is another ending reading, but I won't talk about it here because it is spoilery. And so I'll tell you to the yeah, other I'm talking about it uh, afterwards. Uh, but yeah, no, it's it's great. I enjoyed it immensely. Would watch again. Ten out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I watched some more movies on my own. I can't remember. Did I talk about your next? Last time we recorded? I don't think so. Okay. Um, so I watched a movie called Your Next. It had been on my to-watch list for a while. Maybe I, you had. I don't know. Sorry, continue. I know I talked about it to you guys. I don't remember if we recorded it. What's the general premise again? It, it's um, it's a family on vacation. or they, they're, they're getting together for the parents' wedding anniversary. Did I talk to you about this? This doesn't sound familiar at all. Okay. So uh, Your Next, it, it's a movie that came out guess it's probably close to 10 years ago now um but it was one of the movies that kind of sparked this new horror like renaissance that i'm i, I still am maintaining that we're in a renaissance of horror films um and it was one of the first ones to kind of be in this resurgence uh and it was basically it was a basic home invasion oh no no i think you have was this the one where it's the the, the guy that's blind no. Okay. Oh no. I watched that one too. But okay. yeah, I did talk about that one on this. That one's uh, Don't Breathe. Okay. Um but your next is there there's this family. Um it's uh it's not a dog. Um which is if you're hearing that in the background, that's our neighbor. And if you can't hear it in the background, that was just a super awkward thing. Yeah. So anyway. Um it's a family, the mom and dad are celebrating their thirty fifth wedding anniversary. And so they are going up for like a weekend or something in their like in their summer home. Uh, and it's a mom and a dad and I think they're three or four adult children and all of their significant others. And so, you know, it's big, big milestone, 35th wedding anniversary. And then they're all having they're all sitting down and having dinner and they're all kind of arguing with each other because these are all really shitty people mm -hmm. just really awful people um and you kind of get the sense of it even from the very beginning where you find out that the dad got all this money from working for a weapons manufacturer in kind of a throwaway line right he does like marketing for you or he used to he's retired did marketing for a weapons firm um and then in the middle of them just sitting out and down and having dinner uh crossbow bolts start flying through their window and like <laughs> one of the people there is just instantly killed Goodness. um and it just kind of goes from there and as the movie goes on um one of the significant others of one of the adult children is like starts proving to be really competent and mm -hmm. she starts like doing all this really crazy shit and you're like what's going on with this you find out that she was, like, raised by a group of survivalists in, like, the Australian outback. <laughs> so she knows, like, all of these things for, like, this is what you do when society collapses. <laughs> and so she just kind of puts all of this into motion um, to start fighting back against this group of armed assailants that's, like, breaking in and killing this family off. Mm -hmm. uh, it's really good. There are a lot of really good twists that I don't want to give away. Um, but... If if you can if you have the stomach for some gore because it is it is pretty violent, 
Um, but it's, I mean, it, it's gratuitous, but it's, it's more, let me think of a, a good connection. It's more like dead alive in its most gory scenes than like hostile. Okay. All right. So there's like, it, there's some, there's some element to slapstick involved. Okay. Um, there, there's not, it is not without humor and it is like the, it is pretty brutal. It, it seems to be pretty like un unflinching. But again, since by the end of it, you really don't care about anyone in this family because they're all just awful. <laughs> they're all just the worst. Gotcha. And the only person you care about is this is this woman, and she ends up being totally badass. Right. Um. So it, it works well on that regard. So that's another one that I would I would recommend checking out. Um. Again, it's called Your Next. Okay. All right. Well, uh, that. So, I've got things to talk about too. Okay. Um. Firstly, this weekend, um, I went to NecoCon, uh, which is another local convention-ish. It's in uh, Hampton, and uh, there was a lot of cool, cool stuff I went to see there, and I picked up some things too. Um, some some videos. Uh, I picked up. Uh, Did you just go to NecoCon so we can tag this one anime too? No. <laughs> um, but I, we are tagging it anime, right? Because we need those sweet sweet yeah. listens. I hey. actually, it doesn't work. I found out. Uh, but, oh anyway, no! But don't worry. We'll talk afterwards. We'll talk off podcast about that. Anyway, um, no, I went to NecoCon and I picked up um a few things. I I got to hang out with some friends that I hadn't seen in a long time. And I picked up the Azumanga Daio uh, series nice. in DVD form. Oh, awesome. Yeah. And I picked up the um, the My Hero Academia spinoff. Oh, um, yes! yeah. The manga, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so at least the first of that I have. Um, oh, my God. And I also picked up something that I saw, like, I just saw the cover and I was like, this looks terrible. I want to watch it. Um, and Those it, are my best purchases. It's yeah. it's something called Area Eighty Eight. Have you heard of this? <laughs> no, but okay. it's, I'm, I'm okay. All I'm right, intrigued. so Area Eighty Eight. It looks like eighties jank. Yes, um, and it's it's about like this fighter pilot that's oh, in like a war zone. Yes. I'm a big fan of like. 80s like adult janky anime yeah like those are some of my first exposures to anime and i still just i love them yeah i don't know much about it i know it's got some kind of military theme and and there's like uh it's about like this mercenary air force bait group Mm -hmm. um that lives out in the middle of the desert and fights wars for people and there's apparently it's like three ovas that they recut into two movies oh yes And apparently the I, I was talking oh, I was showing somebody man. at the con it when I bought it and oh, they were like man. oh yeah if you want to enjoy the story watch it in Japanese if you want to laugh watch it in English yes <laughs> so this is something I want to watch with you guys oh no we're doing this <laughs> okay um, so like I said I know absolutely nothing about it but you'll probably hear about it next okay. episode if we get to it God I need to I need to find more like terrible like pre Akira not Hayao Miyazaki, like, 1980s animes. Yeah. Like, um, oh, God. Venus Wars. <laughs> oh, my God. I think I've heard of that. I, I, I had that on VHS once upon a time, and I'm sure it's still around somewhere in some storage unit. But it's, I mean, it's it takes place on Venus. There are wars. <laughs> um, There are these, like, the bad guys have these huge tanks, and the plucky rebels have these, like, 
little things that are like motorcycles, but they just have one big wheel and a big fuck off gun at the front. <laughs> okay. Nice. And that's the movie. All right. <laughs> that's that's the movie. So they're just kind of riding her. It's 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 sort of like a Star Wars meets Mad Max, from what I remember right. about it. Well, from what I, what I understand, this is not a sci-fi film. Yeah, so, but, that's fine. But yeah, no, it's it's something that uh, that looks like it could be. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so so those are some things I picked up, and some things that we'll probably check out over the next week or two. Um, but there there is um, some news of some game. There's a big announcement I want to make, and okay. something I really want to talk about. But there are a couple other smaller news announcements of games that have come out. Okay. Uh, one of them is called. Um, Dark Souls now out for the Switch. No, it's called. <laughs> Sorry, check on it. <laughs> yeah. It had been like a month. I'm um, allowed. So, Swery's new game dropped. <gasps> Did it? The Missing, JJ Macfield and the Island of Memories. Wait, wait. I thought the new game that he was making was was this the other new game? This was the other new game. This is the one that doesn't involve the people turning into animals. No, this okay. is the one that does not involve the people turning into animals. According to Wikipedia, this one. Uh, the premise is J.J. Macfield, the player character, is searching for her friend and love interest, Emily, after she goes missing on a camping trip. After J.J. is struck by lightning, she cannot die and must inflict grisly wounds on herself in order to solve game's puzzles. Throughout, the pu- play, uh, throughout players unlock text messages that will reveal her backstory and motivation for self-harm. It's Swery's attempt to do deep and meaningful. Isn't but that it, all of his games? Yes, uh, but as a puzzle platformer. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so it's his attempt at Catherine, I guess. Um, but uh, I don't. I, I I just saw today that uh, someone was doing a let's play of it, and I was like, oh, I didn't realize that that dropped already. And apparently, it did back in October. Um, well, shit. So yeah. Um, but that that's one small announcement. The other one is um, what's it called? Uh, Delta Rune, which is um, what's his name? Toby Fox, the guy that did Undertale. Oh, yeah. 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 No, I did hear about that. Yeah, yeah. So his new game, it's not finished, but, like, the first part of it, the first chapter or something has been released. Uh, And a friend of mine, a mutual friend of ours, uh, was playing it. Yeah. I saw. I kind of figured when I was hearing about it that he had probably played it already. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so... Uh, so that I I was watching what he was doing, and it looks looks pretty cool. It it looks a lot like Undertale. Mm -hmm. Um... It's Deep secret confession time. I still have not beaten Undertale. <laughs> okay. I should go back and finish it sometime. I liked it a lot. I don't know why I stopped. I just probably ran out of time. Yeah. Um, I really only had the time for like one, one game to kind of collect my attentions and Undertale was good for a bit, but then I moved on to something else. And that something else was Dark Souls. It was probably Dark Souls okay. actually. <laughs> um, but um, but yeah, so those are just like two little small announcements that I had. But here's the big one. Mm-hmm. Okay, so y'all know my favorite uh, visual novel slash anime of all time. Yeah, I saw you posted something about this. Yeah, I did. But... Okay, did you watch? No, probably not. No. All right. So wait, what's your favorite? Umaneko no Nakokorani, or When the Seagulls Cry. Okay. Um, I've talked about this before on the podcast. I know I have. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just to recap, it's essentially if someone took. Uh, Agatha Christie's and then there were none and set it in 1980s Japan on an island. Um, and there's stands. No. No. Uh, and, <laughs> the, um, and over the course of a night there's on an island with a rich family uh, people get killed off one by one according to a, a ritual that's been plastered up on the wall uh, that says that a witch will revive if this is followed as is. If you can solve the riddle and find the gold then the killings will stop and there's gold hidden on the island. 
Uh, well, over the course of that first night, over the course of two nights, uh, in the first book, I guess, everyone gets killed. But then one of the player, uh, one of the, the, the characters basically is in like the afterlife and is refusing to acknowledge that a witch did it and says this has to be done by human hands. And so then time resets itself and they read the next book and the events are happening differently and it's back and forth between the witch and this, uh, this character battler who's trying to convince the witch that it was done by a human. It's great. It's, it's amazing. It's fucking long. <laughs> this, this book, I was watching something else that was talking about how long this, this series is. And it's longer than if you took all of the uh, Harry Potter books plus all of the Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. You would barely even reach the halfway point. Oh, my Wait, God. Yeah. This is a long-ass series. There are eight books or chapters. Uh, and the first half is the questions arc. The second half is the answers arc. And I actually haven't even finished all the answers arc. But... Is it like Clue where you get to the end and it's like, that could have been what happened, but what about this? So here's the thing. The way they're presented is all of the facts are laid out for you in a way that would present it to be like a witch did it. And a lot of this is through like hidden room, like, like uh, not hidden room, uh, like locked room murders. Yeah. So like somebody is killed in a room that's been locked from the inside and they're not in there. Turns out it was an orangutan, mm. yes. No, but essentially... They're all done in ways that could conceivably be done by a human. You just got to be good enough at solving murder mysteries. <laughs> so, uh, and so you kind of like follow Battler on his journey to try to solve these murders. However, um, one of the things that's been keeping people from enjoying it is the fact that it's so fucking long. And they made an anime version of like the first four series, the question arc, but it, it was okay. It was how I got into it, but it, it doesn't really get the same depth. Okay. What they're doing is they're releasing, or they're doing a Kickstarter. It's actually starting tonight. Actually, it's probably already started right now. Um, it's called uh, Umineko When They Cry Gold. And essentially what it's doing is it's going to add English voice acting to the game. And it's going to release that voice recording as a podcast huh. on iTunes for free. Okay. So this is how I want it to be because this is this is how I can get all my friends all of you guys to actually enjoy this thing without having to sit in front of a computer and read it for like 12 hours yeah <laughs> um and still not be done but like I know that you listen to podcasts and I know audiobooks are a thing so this is a fantastic news to me I was so excited yesterday I couldn't I had, was like jumping up and down and I had to like pace around the room <laughs> uh, and I, I'm getting excited now too and should probably stop but the um but, you know, this is something that is, is – they, they released a 20-minute uh, demo of what they're going to do, basically, uh, with an uh, updated theme song that's been translated into English as well. And I kind of want to show you guys if you know, I want to afterwards, if this time. Yeah. Um, because this is everything I could have ever hoped it to be. At one point, I was actually considering reading through it myself and recording myself doing it so I could send to people. Uh, but this is by professional voice actors, and so it's going to be far better than anything I could do. What do you mean? We're great at recording. Things. Yeah, but uh, but you know this together. this is this is something that I have been waiting for for a very long time. the The original series, the original story, actually came out in two thousand seven, uh, and so it's been this long coming. But uh, I'm excited, okay. as you can probably tell from yeah. my rambling, ranting nature, my eyes lighting up and just being <laughs> frantic. 
Um, but yeah, now would you would you folks uh, be interested in listening to it in podcast form? Possibly. I, yeah. I, I I need to get caught up on a few other podcasts I'm listening to. But if it's like if it is going to start being released, and I don't have a whole back catalog to slog through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would absolutely be interested in that. Yeah, I mean the Kickstarter starts tonight, so they've got like a month. I might go kickstart it. Yep. Yeah, so so it's got like a month for it to to get completed. I don't know how long after that before it will be released. I don't know if it's because they. They, they probably need to, to sit down oh, and record yeah. most of it. Because, um, again, it's fucking long. Uh, but, you know, hopefully it won't be too terribly long, and so you won't have, you know... But you, you have time to, to yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. finish up what you've got in your back catalog. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, assuming that it passes the Kickstarter, which yeah. I really hope it will. Yeah. Um, anyway. What's their goal? Uh, their goal, I don't know, because it hadn't launched by the time we oh, started recording. Oh, good point. Yeah. It started at 8 o'clock, so, like, 30 minutes ago. Um, so I can check that out. Uh, or somebody else can check that out while yeah. we fill time for air. All right. Um, well, while people are looking it up, I also have been playing some video games. I oh, finally yeah? have actually had some time to sit down and play video games for the first time in a while. I've been making my way through um, the Spider-Man game. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think I've talked about it on the show before. You have not, no. Um, it's really good. Like, it might be the best Spider-Man story ever. Yeah. Like, I'm not a huge Marvel comics fan. I've read some Spider-Man comics and I've, I've seen like almost all of the movies. I still haven't seen homecoming yet, but, um, it's, it's really damn good. Oh yeah. Uh, and it starts off and it's like, you know, you, the game starts, the very first thing you do is you bust Kingpin and put him away. Okay. Seemingly for good. Um, and so it's like, it's not, it's not, oh, Uncle Ben has got, got killed. I got to figure out how to be Spider-Man. You've already figured out how to be Spider-Man. Okay. You've been Spider-Man. It's, it's very, uh, it's very obvious in the game. Cause they like, there's tons of lines of dialogue about it in the beginning. You've been Spider-Man now for eight years. Oh, okay. Like Spider-Man's been Spider-Manning around for eight we're, years. We're not doing an origin. No, we're not no. getting the green goblin. No. And... Oh, okay. I'm I'm not going to talk about that. Okay, okay. but well, okay, I'll, I'll put it this. I'll put it like this. He's been Spider-Man for eight years. The game starts with you putting Kingpin away. Mm-hmm. You can find memorabilia throughout the game that's like, oh, this is from when I fought Electro. He was the first guy with actual superpowers that I ever fought. And that taught me a lot about how to fight guys. Everyone before them was just dudes in suits. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is from when I fought Scorpion. Man, that guy was really crazy. And so you kind of get a sense of the backstory of him. Um, And as the game goes on, it's like, oh, hey, here's Otto Octavius. Peter works for him. Uh, Norman Osborn is the mayor of New York City. Uh, So they're setting things up. They're setting up story arcs. And it's like, okay, I'm seeing where this is going. I get it. Um, and then you're introduced, like, it just kind of starts off with you solving regular crimes and doing like, you know, like mopping up after the kingpin has been put away and you know, there's more people out on the streets committing crimes, but it's like, oh, okay, no big deal. I'm Spider-Man. I can take care of these, these regular everyday criminals. And then this, this new gang called the demons pops up. And the demons are like super well organized and they're doing all these like crazy crimes. And you're like, oh shit, well, who's behind this? What's going on here? And then there's like, like plot twist. The guy behind the demons is someone that you know. 
and like it's like a it's a person who seems to be kind of cool and it's, i'm assuming he's a he's a spider-man villain he's not a very well-known one um if he is at least as far as i'm aware um so it's like oh okay that's interesting here's this here's this kind of a new villain someone who's not been done before but it's like dr octopus is in it but he's not dr octopus yet mm. green goblin is in it but he's not the green goblin yet mm. it's like all right well where where is it going from here and it keeps twisting and it keeps shifting i'm in like the last fifth of a game now mm. and all of these plot threads that you didn't think were you thought were just like like set dressing you thought were just like oh harry osborne's in europe He's, he's, he's on vacation. Like, cause you know, he's the son of the mayor and his dad is super rich and Oscorp is making all this money. So he's, you know, he's just doing the thing that young people, rich young people do. And he's vacationing in Europe. No big deal. Oh, Otto has been working on these, uh, on these special kind of limbs, like, like these, uh, these, uh, replacement limbs for people who have lost their limbs in war. Oh, that's cool. That like, that's kind of going to show how he's Dr. Octopus. Oh, this guy is after Norman Osborn. Like he doesn't like Norman Osborn. Why is that? And now like in the last fifth of the game, it's like, Oh, Oh fuck. This is connected to this. And this is connected to this. And this is going on. <laughs> uh-huh, um, gotcha. And it just is getting so, so good. Mm-hmm. And I cannot wait to finish it. Okay. And I went ahead and I bought the season pass too. Um, because the first DLC just came out for it. Um, which is going to be weird. Like when I'm done with this one, because the first, because I'm going to finish the game first. Cause where I am, like I'm, where I am in the main game, it's like, I cannot stop this story. Like mm-hmm. I can't, at the beginning of it, I'm like, Oh, well I'll go on do like these eight side missions on the way to the next main quest. And now I'm like, I have to know what happens next. <laughs> I have to see where this is going. Like no time for these street crimes. I just got a barrel straight through to the next story mission. Right. Um, but it's going to be weird because when I finish it, the, the the first DLC story is about Black Cat. And so it's like, oh, so now it's about, like, robberies. Yeah. <laughs> like, everything else has been about, like, betrayal and lies and <laughs> biological terrorism. And the streets of New York are filled with chaos. And you have to, like, and it's like, this person, she's stealing stuff. Why is she stealing stuff? I guess we'll find out. Yeah. All right. So... So I going back for a second to oh, yeah, Umayako, sure. Um I didn't find the Kickstarter, and I just checked back on their official website, and there was like a countdown timer that was leading up to today at eight o'clock, mm-hmm. and it's reset to seven days from now. So yes. I suspect that they have pushed back the Kickstarter a little bit to kind of I get on build hype maybe, um, or something, or maybe they just didn't have all their ducks in a row. So hopefully whatever it is won't just never happen. <laughs> that would be disappointing as all hell. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so that's that's what's going on. If you want to check it out, um, uh, umaneko.us is the uh, is the website that they're using for it. Um, but, yeah, no, it's – hopefully we'll start within the next seven days. All right. Um, do we want to talk about the election from yesterday? Do we got to <laughs> – I mean, I, uh... there are some good things. Okay. There's some good things to talk about. Alexandria Ocasio Cortez is in. Yes. She's gonna be in there. Um, uh, although I although I keep seeing stuff from her that makes me like, are you sure it's the take you want to make? You're you're our darling. Yeah. Is that the take you want? Okay. What is she saying? Uh, stuff like about strong borders and and things like that, and it's like, 
I don't know. It it just kind of you'll see some some kind of Twitter uh, where she tweets something, and then it's like somebody else is like, "Are you sure you want to do this?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, it's not like you got to play to a center because it's like you're in a district where it's like if you win the Democratic primary, you've won the seat. Yeah. Yeah. Like so, you don't got to do this yeah. unless she's planning on like taking this to like a Senate run in a few years or something. But who knows? I don't know. Um. But, like, Dave, like, we're, we're Virginian, so it's like, Dave Brad is out. That's right. exciting. Yeah. Scott Taylor's out. There there were, like, three Virginia Republican seats that switched to Democrats last mm-hmm. night, which yeah. is pretty nice. Yeah. The, um, they're not particularly, fan, you know, they're, outstanding they're Democrats. They're not outstanding But, but they're Democrats. not, like, straight-up white supremacists, yeah. so that's good. They're not They're not Dave Bratt. <laughs> they're not this, this Tea Partier guy. Yeah. That is the weirdest, like, the fact that I thought that guy would be in forever. Who? Dave Bratt. Oh, yeah. Because he, he, who did he oust? He ousted, like, the guy who was, like, the fucking Speaker of the House for a while. Um, I can't even remember. Um, I, um. Me go ahead. No, I was just, I was, uh, I was gonna say, I think the best joke that I saw uh, about le- election night last night was the clo- the polls closed in Virginia at seven o'clock, and at seven o one, Senator Tim Kaine won his reelection. More or less. Um, which thank fucking god that we gave like a referendum on like fuck you, Corey Stewart. Yeah. Um, Eric Cantor was the guy that. Yeah, gave Eric Cantor. Beat. Yeah, yeah. No, he was. He was hot shit for a while. Cause yeah, because that was like, Eric Cantor's not right-wing crazy enough for this part of the state. And, like, they kicked him out for the, the, the right-wing crazy guy. And now it's like, you moderate liberal Democrat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's, let's, take let's, it back. let's tone it down here, guys. <laughs> um, also, uh, Scott Walker. Is is he's gone in in Wisconsin? Mm. That's that's great news. Yeah. I got really excited when I saw that. Uh, did Blobfish is still in? I'm sad that Blobfish is still. Do you in. mean the the Zodiac killer? The Zodiac killer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he he uh, he sent a letter out to each individual uh, voter like this is the Zodiac speaking. Well, did you see that he tweeted that on on yeah. Halloween? <laughs> he did that. Was that this year? Because I, I that swear I saw him do that before. I don't know. Um, but yeah. You'll all be his slaves in hell, basically. <laughs> Which means that he'll be in the Senate for, you know, another term. Yeah. So. But, uh, yeah. That's they're the first, um, was it, uh, Native American women? Yep. There are two yep. of them. And, uh, and one of them is also the first uh, LGBTQ person mm-hmm. uh, elected in Kansas. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. The first um, Muslim women, too. First, yeah, two yeah. of them. Mm-hmm. Which uh, I saw a great po- uh, like a great tweet today that was like, if you feel sad today, just think about the fact that Mike Pence is going to have to swear in two women on a Quran. Yeah, yes. <laughs> like that's gonna be good. But um... also because Democrats took control of the House, Maxine Waters is now in charge of the Senate Finance Committee. The Senate Committee? No, the, excuse me, the House, the House, the House uh, right. Finance Committee. Mm. Um, so Maxine Waters now gets to uh, gets to ask for gets to subpoena Trump's tax returns. Yeah. 
So that's pretty exciting. Yeah. If that happens, because again, if that happens. Nancy Pelosi came out today <sighs> and oh, no. she came out today and was like, we're looking forward to bipartisan cooperation. And we're like, no, does that's any- not why you got elected. Does anybody actually like Nancy Pelosi? No. <laughs> no one the Republicans it. don't like Nancy Pelosi. The left wings don't like Nancy Pelosi. Who does? The campaigners? I, I honestly don't know. The financiers? I'm assuming whoever votes for her. <laughs> I don't know. That, that, uh, that Onion headline the other day really spoke to me where it's like, midterm voter really wishes there were some other can- campaign before the midterms where you could choose better candidates. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's the situation that we're finding ourselves in. Apparently, a uh... Dennis Hoff, who is a brothel owner who died, yeah. won the seat in Nevada. <laughs> yes, I saw that. Um, <laughs> and I don't even know what party it is. He's, but, he's Republican. Okay. Uh, I guess he's I'm, a dead brothel owner. Of course he's a Republican. <laughs> Apparently Michigan had a lot of really exciting um, referendums, though. Oh, yeah. They legalized uh, weed, didn't they? Yeah, they legalized weed. They also they did a lot to expand voting rights in Michigan. Um, there were a lot of states that did. I think Maryland uh, is now allowing same day registration. Mm. Um, I think Michigan has now has. Uh, I should probably look this up, but I, I there were a lot, there was an I know there was one state that did automatic voter registration. Uh, Michigan is now doing straight ticket uh, voting. Oregon and Washington did a mail only voting. Um. So there's, yeah. there's, it's not, it's not all a hot garbage fire. Yeah. I don't know. I just remember I, I finished my run. I, I started to run right around the time that the polls were closing. Cause I didn't want to be like refreshing my phone, like every 15 minutes for like four hours. Mm-hmm. So I figured three hours was an appropriate length of time. <laughs> um, so I went for a run and basically when I finished it, the first thing I did was like open up CNN to see how things were doing. And the very first headline that I saw said that Trump was already blaming all of this on like the speaker of the house. Right. It's like, that's, that's good. That's great. I like that. Yeah. Uh, I was reading a BBC article, um, which is still bourgeois propaganda, but anyway, it's, it's from another country. So it's weird. Um, but it was talking about how, uh, Trump sees silver lining in this as now he has Democrats in power that he can actively blame. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, right. and scapegoat to take the fall here's, when the economy collapses. Here's the thing, though. Right now, the economy is actually doing, like, the vague term of the economy. Is the rich actually, people are doing well. Rich people are doing well, but, like, technically speaking, like, wages are going up. But, I mean, if you're examining them in terms of, like, inflation, they're actually down relative to inflation. But, like... They've gone up just in pure terms of pure numbers. So it's like, in theory, when these things are happening, mm-hmm. people are like, oh, the economy's doing well. And when that happens, people tend to like the president. They te- tend to like their representatives in Congress. So the fact that anything happened at all yesterday mm-hmm. is actually kind of exciting. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, we're due for another economic collapse in, like, a year or two. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, when that's And an down, ecological collapse 10 years after that. Or 10 you years. You have 12 years to save your hellscape. Oh, I thought you said 10 years ago. Ten, I thought that's yeah, what you are going to say. Yeah, ten, that's it. Ecological collapse 10 years ago. Um, but, yeah, no, it's it's America. It, for our listeners in other countries, we apologize for going on about American politics. But, like, you know. It's hard. It's hard yeah. not to. <laughs> it's hard not to. Uh, anyway. I guess I was just, 
you know, after two years of this constant campaigning of, you know, resist, like hashtag resist and, you know, blue wave and we're going to show Pelosi is looking forward to working oh, with. Yeah, yeah. Gra- grab him by the midterms. And now for this to have happened, it's kind of. Like, it's a little disappointing. The, I'm trying to. Were look... you expecting otherwise? No, I. It was exactly what I was expecting. Yeah. I'm still a little di- like the thing that's disappointed me the most. Like, I didn't expect them to win the Senate, and I was mm-hmm. explaining last night. It was because it was a pure numbers game. Yeah, like there were more Democrats up for re-election than Republicans, mm-hmm. so they're already on the back foot for that. Like that's just that's just the way it was going to be this time around. There are more Democrats being reelected than Republicans being reelected. So there's let there's more seats for them to lose and less seats for them to win. Mm-hmm. Um, but the House, like the fact that they got a majority in the House and actually kind of a substantive majority, at least last time I checked, mm-hmm. uh, not all the results are in yet. So um, but as of right now, they've they're like they have like a four seat buffer or something like that. The Republicans only like have less than 200 seats at the moment. So yeah. it's entirely possible that like the Democrats will have like a, a huge majority in the, in the house before this is all over. Yeah. He's got a little, um, but uh, so that'll, maybe they'll actually like do stuff with that. It's, I know it does a long stretch, but like, it'd I be mean, nice if, other Nancy Pelosi quote, I know. we're not looking for it. We're not going to try in, Teaching Trump until we can get the Republicans on board with Boo! it. Boo! <laughs> Boo! Yeah. I didn't see that one. Oh. oh my God. Fucking Nancy Pelosi. Like. Now, see. I was having this thought. I was having this thought today. I'm sorry to interrupt, but. Yeah. I, I realized, like, because we're, like, there, everyone's making a big deal about Alexandria Arcasio Cortez being, like, the youngest woman ever elected to the, the House of Representatives. Mm-hmm. Um. Why don't we have like age limits on like on seats? I feel like that's something that we should like we should uh, lobby for. Yeah, but then Bernie would lose his. Seat. That's fine because like again, <laughs> like everyone seems to misunderstand this. Like the centrists who throw their support behind a single individual don't seem to understand this. The reason why people like Bernie Sanders is not because like eighty year old like balding nebbish men from Vermont. They're are, super are, hot are, right are now. Not, like, They're having a moment. Are not super sexy. It, like, it's not like he's he's everybody's angry grandpa, and he just kind of rambles about stuff. But he rambles about stuff that's like actually important, mm. and like we would actually like to see done. And that's the only reason why Bernie Sanders has support. Mm-hmm. It's not like Barack Obama, where he's like this like super young, handsome, fit, charismatic guy. He just is some old dude who's like gets really mad when numbers don't match up, <laughs> and just yells about it. Like you imagine that he'd also be yelling at ducks. If- you could literally you could literally pull somebody off the street and if he was just saying the same thing as Ms. Bernie Sanders, he would have the exact same voting base. <laughs> it's not him as an individual. It's it's the it's the ideology. Yeah. <laughs> it's the ideology. Uh, and even then, the ideology, like if you're if you're on the left, like the ideology, it, like the, the, the Bernie the, Sanders is still kind of He's still kind of to the center. Yeah. <laughs> it's he's, weird looking back to you know 2016 me and being like, oh, oh Alex, you you social democrat. How how dare you? <laughs> I mean, but it's still, like, I like him. I'd yeah. vote for him. Yeah. I would vote for literally any other candidate who proposed some of the same things and 
maybe wasn't quite so hawkish as he tends to be sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. Um, like, you know, that'd be nice. Anyway, Whatever. this is the the news hot off the presses. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's gotta be that's gotta be our uh, our image. Yes, um, uh, Jeff if, Sessions. If if you don't know what I was laughing at just now, look at the look at the image for this episode. Unless I found something better. No, I no, think that's no, it. No, he's not. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Jeff Sessions is out. Um, so like everything is just it, everything's on fire. Everyone's on fire. Just fire chaos reigns. I feel like as much as it can in Washington, I guess. What What do you mean? I mean, it's no Ukrainian parliament. Okay, fair enough. There's not fist fights going yeah, yeah. on. No in one, the Congress. no one's, no one's throwing like tear gas grenades. There's the, not the... legislators being thrown in the trash can. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. I want to see that. I, I mean, like, I'm all I'm saying is Donald Trump was on WWE wrestling a few times. We could have Vince McMahon kind of go in, go into the House of Representatives. That's all I'm saying. Got a promo in the House of Representatives. <laughs> oh my God! The Honorable Representative from North Dakota has a folding chair. <laughs> <laughs> Jess Essence is dead. <laughs> okay. Uh. <laughs> Uh, well, how do you feel just, just, how do you think just Sessions feels right now? Does he... Confused. Like, does he... <laughs> I think he's, I think the dimension's fitting in. Is he, <laughs> is he going to be excited or saddened to be back on the cookie floor of the, of that treehouse? Uh, uh, this time know. tomorrow. <laughs> It'd be really great if he could take Mitch McConnell with him in 2020. Oh my fucking God. People, if, if, if you are within the sound of my voice and Mitch McConnell is eating a re- at a restaurant, <laughs> just go throw his food on the floor. <laughs> just just look him dead in his little turtly eyes, pick up the, the bowl of soup that he's eating, and just slowly pour it out onto the floor, put the empty soup bowl on top of his head, and, and say, you back care, away. You care not but for money. Be gone from this place. <laughs> Oh, fuck that guy. Uh, okay, does he look more... Who does Who does Mitch McConnell look more like? Does he look... <laughs> we can make fun of his appearance I, all we want, but yeah, let's make... Yeah, I will. I intend to. Let's also, let's also look... Did you see... There was a video somewhere, something. I don't remember what. Right, let me, let, let's talk about the video in a second, because I want to yeah. finish my thought. Who does he look more like? Does he look more like A... Sam the Eagle after having been left out in the sun for too long. Or B, does he look more like the turtle from those uh, at-home art tests that they used to advertise on television? The turtle, hands down. <laughs> because I don't want I don't want Mitch McConnell to be compared to something as sentimental and dear to me as the Muppets. Yeah, Even it's... though it's Sam the Eagle. Okay. He's still a Muppet, and I still love him. But not like, not like a Sam the like not a Sam the Eagle that is currently being animated and like used. Like an old Sam the Eagle that like they were like, oh, this puppet looks kind of ratty, and so they just threw it away. They and don't that was ten. Throw away the Muppets. And that was like ten years ago. They oh. don't throw them away. They're people, the, the man. Mu- the, the Muppets are <laughs> they're people. They're people. Uh, but uh, no, there was there was a um, what was it? Some more news. Don't sandbag this, Alex. Who does he look more like? <laughs> Make a decision. <laughs> is he the eagle or is he the turtle? Neither. It looks like he's a wax figure that's melting. 
Okay, that's also okay, an acceptable But answer. a wax eagle or a wax turtle? <laughs> no, but you know what I'm talking about? It's turtle like, wax? It's the guy, it was the guy who was like, do you like to draw or paint? Or maybe we just sketch your doodle. See, I don't know what that is okay, since okay, I, okay. I haven't seen that. Okay. But anyway. It's an old TV commercial. All right. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> no, so. Uh, so, yeah, no. I think it was some more news or more news or, or whatever it is. Oh, yeah. Cody Johnson. Yeah, I watched that. Uh, where it talked about his whole camp. Like, like, what is he about? And it's just about making money. Yeah. Like, it's literally, he has no morals. He has no ideology outside of making as much money as possible through kind painting. Yeah. And it's really despicable. Yeah. But, you know, we we have to move past the attacks of, oh, it looks like a fucking turtle. To, like, I don't look feel at like the... I have to move past this. I feel like I can do both. <laughs> get get you a internet commentator that can do both. Because <laughs> um, but... I feel like Cody Johnson also made those jokes. Yeah. But the... Like, like when we do stuff like that, when we make fun of, when we, when we just focus on Trump's orangeness, we don't focus on the true, you know, depravity of the ideology right. behind it. And I'm not saying that one should only do that. Mm -hmm. I'm just, I'm just saying, you know, it's, it's Canterbury Tales, man. It's physiognomy. Like their outward appearance, like mirrors their corrupt souls. <laughs> and what is Gritty's outward appearance? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I look like Gritty sometimes. <laughs> yeah, like, that's just insane and disheveled and just willing to do whatever it takes. <laughs> and if you come see us at MarsCon, you yeah. can see Nick look like yeah, Gritty. I will. I Cos will cosplay Gritty. I will. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, I should totally do that. <laughs> see, here's the thing now. Whenever I'm out and I, I've been seeing people wearing Philadelphia Flyers shirts and it's like, are you actually a fan of the Philadelphia Flyers, or or, or is this about Antifa? <laughs> are you the leader of Antifa? Are you are you the leader of Antifa? <laughs> like I'm, because I honestly. Where can I sign up? <laughs> I never, I've never actually like bothered to pay attention to anyone wearing Philadelphia Flyers stuff in the past. Until now. Until now, and now I feel like I'm seeing it more, but I don't know if I'm seeing it more because now I'm looking for it, or if I'm seeing it more because now more people are wearing it. I honestly don't know. I haven't yeah. seen any myself. I've seen a few. I've seen a few just kind of out for like walks and going on my runs. I've seen I've seen people wearing like Philadelphia Flyers jerseys and it's like is it the hockey season? Are they doing well? Oh, I guess it is. Obviously, it's the hockey season. But it's like, are they doing well? And you're wearing these because you're a fan? Or are you a fan of destroying the state? <laughs> <laughs> well, you'll have to go up to them and ask them. I will. <laughs> it's like, we need to have some sort of, like, secret lingo. Like, like some sort of secret question to, like, like, are, are, are thou with the gritty? <laughs> Or something. Are there stairs in your house? <laughs> I am protected. Uh, that's that's for you. Uh, that's for you, old school internet people. You know what I'm talking about. You're not. You're not talking into the microphone. Oh, it's fine. Oh, okay. That's all right. It's but it's a secret. It's a secret. It's a secret handshake. I mean, I, I I like, like we need to come up with some sort of like gritty call and response that you can go and you can say that to the people that are wearing the Philadelphia Flyers mm. stuff, and then you would know for sure. Whether or not they are, they are with the gritty. <laughs> ah, well, I'm sure there's some kind of protest slogan you could start off, and if they recall response, yeah, that's yeah. true. Anyway, what does democracy look like? 
This is what democracy looks like. Three people yelling into a we microphone. Need more, mm. We need more protest slogans. Like, I'm just, I'm really sick of chanting, this is what democracy looks like. I mean, like. it's it's a classic, you I know. know it's like, like. And, like, I appreciate, like, her body, her choice. Yeah. But, like. It's it's the old standards, you know what I mean? Like. And, y- and tea. Anti-capitalista. <laughs> you, you, you go, you go to see Bachman Turner Overdrive. Like, you're gonna, you're gonna hear, you know, you're gonna hear the hits. They're not gonna play any of the new stuff. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm just waiting until we get to pull out uh, No Pasaran. <laughs> I don't know that one. Uh, that's, it's from, it's from the Spanish Civil War. They, they, oh, no okay. passing. They shall not pass. Gandalf ripped it off. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Gandalf ripped it off. When when did um when did Tolkien write uh, Lord of the Rings? It was the 1950s, but the events happened thousands of years ago. Right. <laughs> <laughs> ah. Anyway. <laughs> was I know was Tolkien involved in the? No. I'm I'm thinking of I'm thinking of um. He was in Orwell. World, he was in World War One. Yeah. A, or, yeah. Orwell was in the. the it was Spanish in the Civil, Civil War. War. Yeah. Anyway, we're getting a bit off topic and a bit off track. Uh, Are but we? I feel like this is exactly what our <laughs> podcast is. is. We, like we, we said, we don't necessarily have a whole lot planned. I've gone on, if I've said my piece about all the, the stuff I'm excited about. Um, and you've talked about, we've talked about the movies that we watched. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you guys, there was something else that you guys saw that I haven't. Oh, it's- yeah, Hill House. Oh, the Hunting of Hill House. Yes. Uh, Hunting of Hill House. We saw it. It's 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 really good. Real good. Um, it's on Netflix. Um, it is a ten part miniseries. I personally feel like I feel like the ending is a little bit of a disappointment. It's not the ending. You that found I it very I've heard on that. the nose. Yeah. And I I kind of I appreciated the ending and I liked it a lot. Um, so should we give a, uh, give an overview about what this is about? And then do we want to go into spoilers or no Don't spoilers? go into spoilers because I want to watch okay. it myself. But I want to watch The Haunting first. So yeah. The Haunting of Hill House takes place in kind of two... Time uh, periods. Two time periods. So one is the 1990s. You have this, like, lovely family with five kids. Um, and it's a architecture... The, the mom is an architect and the dad is a contractor and they bought Hill House, which is this like gilded age mansion in New England. And they're going to fix it up and they're going to sell it. They're going to fix it up and sell it. And um, they're going to make enough money to buy, to build what they call the forever house. Um, and just a lot of weird shit keeps happening to them. Um and it sort of spins out as the series goes on. So that's timeline. So that's the the first timeline. The other timeline is it's today. It's in the twenty the twenty teens, and um, the youngest daughter, who's one of the twins, has just committed suicide. Um, and the other siblings are all coming together for for her funeral um you find out that basically something happened in the house when they were kids Mm -hmm. and uh the mother they they say early on in the series that she committed suicide 
Um, it was a crazy, like, national, um, you know, what are those, like, headlines that kind of grips, grips the nation for a while? So, you know, like, if you think of, like, the Casey Anthony case or, like, um, Scott Peterson or, like, you know, what are those, like, kind of tabloidy things that everybody talks about for, like, a month and then is, like, never spoken of again? Um, so apparently it was, like, one of those cases because the dad, like, put all the kids in the car and then, like, came out drenched in blood and like three hours later and wouldn't explain what happened um but he was ultimately he was tried but not convicted of the murder of the mother um so he maintained that the mother committed suicide um the there's five kids the oldest son the oldest who's the the oldest son uh ends up trying to become a writer kind of like chronicling um ghost stories throughout the nation well you find out later that it's it's not really a spoiler but you find out later that 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 is mostly by way of being able to sell his writing and make a living off of it because he tries to be a novelist first and then he instead ends up writing a sto the story about what happened to his family like the tell-all account mm -hmm. and making shitloads of money off of that and kind of spinning that into a career where he talks about ghosts and he tells stories about people being haunted even though we find out in the first episode he himself doesn't believe in ghosts mm -hmm. yeah because he had, he himself never saw one um which i feel is a much more interesting premise like it kind of it kind of spins out from that like they kind of change that but like the very first episode he's talking about oh ghosts are only like manifestations of our traumas and I was like, that's a really interesting idea. And it's too bad that the the, the show itself kind of abandons that yeah, premise. Yeah, very, very quickly. Very quickly. Um, yeah. So, so, so the oldest son ends up making a lot of money, which causes a lot of strife in between the siblings because they're like, he offers everybody like a portion of the sales in kind of response to letting him write the story. And so... One of the daughters, Theo, uh, ends up gra uh, getting her PhD in child psychology. Um, she becomes like a psychologist slash social worker. Um, one of the the other sister, Cheryl. Cheryl, yeah. Cheryl ends up becoming a mortician. Surely, surely, surely ends but up. But Cheryl, Cheryl, I think they call her for short. She ends up becoming a mortician. Um, Nellie is the one who commits suicide and then her twin brother, um, what's her twin brother's name? Luke. Luke ends up becoming a drug addict. Um, so this is all kind of like how they dealt with the trauma that they, um, that they went through when they were children. Um, so it's a really interesting, it's really interesting look at like their family dynamic, um, one thing that I appreciated as an adult, I guess an adult child of, of a very large family, um, was seeing the dynamic between the adult siblings. Because um, that's something that's, like, really important and pertinent, pertinent to my life. Mm -hmm. um, is, like, what do you do... You know, when the four of you guys are adults and you still have, like, shit that you went through as kids but you're trying to deal with, you know, stuff in the present and um, how, 
kind of old wounds re like rear their their ugly heads even if like even and if it's been like many many years later mm. um so that was something that i found like really relatable um while watching the house or what yeah watching the show and just how they interacted with one another i found really really interesting um because you don't see that a lot or i feel like you see very like idealized versions of you know what it's like to be the adult sibling or you see a lot of like one-on-one um right you know like two brothers or two sisters or a brother and sister in adulthood but i don't think you see like a lot of like big families right um and how they deal with one another uh in adulthood you know it's kind of like it's you know they stop they stop caring about your relationships like after you leave the nest but um you know those bonds are like still super important mm. you know and it's and it's interesting like how you end up relating to each one of your siblings as an adult um as opposed to like how you did when you were a kid um so that that's what i really liked about uh hell house all right uh nick's like the spooky things i like the spooky things the spooky things <laughs> the drama things the drama things are really good too it really is more of a drama than a horror series and okay. i think that's what elise really appreciated about it um which is also kind of what i appreciated about the witch as well yeah that it was more historical drama rather than uh, yeah pure horror yeah um there are there are some jump scares they're not jump scares, but there are some really creepy looking things in it. Like um, the, the designs of the, the ghosts in it are really solid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Uh, but yeah, it definitely, it toys in the beginning. It toys with the idea that like ghosts are your past traumas. And then by the end, it's like, fuck that idea. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'd, and, I'd heard that too. Yeah. And, and that's a bit disappointing. Cause that's the thing that you seem to like about the haunting. Yes. Yeah. That is the thing that I enjoy the most about the original. And there are some really and the ni- novel too. I thought. Yeah. Was... yeah. And there's some really neat nods to it. Like, it's like, we know what the original stuff is and we're wanting to do our own thing. And that's, that's clear. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're like, but they do some things like, some of the shots that are in the in the new one are mirrored from the original movie and there's a scene where um <clears throat> the youngest daughter uh, or not the youngest daughter but uh, one of the daughters theo is, at when she's a kid is reading shirley jackson's the lottery and shirley jackson is the same woman who wrote the original the haunting of hill <laughs> uh, gotcha. yeah uh, the the house uh, the haunting of hill house um <clears throat> So, like, those things are in there, and they're cute little nods, and they're definitely doing their own thing. And I kind of went along with it and was accepting it. I do feel like the ending is a little bit of a letdown. You said you heard other people say that, too? Yeah. Yeah, I feel like, because they set up this big mystery that's really not, like, the interesting part of the story. Mm. I feel like they felt like they had to include a mystery to make people want to binge it. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, we never found out what was in that room. And then at the end of the series, you find out what's in that room. And it's like, huh, that was stupid. <laughs> it's, a, it's a dog at the controls. <laughs> yeah, it was. It, you know, you say that joke. It's actually not that far off from being that dumb. Okay. It's not It's not anything like that in terms of, like, content. But in terms of how seriously I took it, it was pretty damn close. Gotcha. Um, 
But the rest of it, again, the, the acting is all really solid. There's some really beautiful like scenes. Mm-hmm. And like there's the 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 scene where the family is all together for the first time as adults. Mm-hmm. And um, they're in the funeral. Yeah. There's a lot of really cool camera tricks that they do where, like, the camera is spinning around and it's focusing on one character. And as as it's panning, like, when the camera is off the other characters, the characters will, like, change out. So, like, the actors will change. Mm. And it will be, like, them as kids. Mm. Or, like you'll see one of them as like a ghost and like different parts. It's really well done. Okay. It's also the way that they, they pan it. It makes it look like it's, it's several just really long. Takes. It is. It is several really long. Cause I was looking really hard. It's like when I realized that that was the gimmick that they were doing, it's like, they're going to pan to something where it's going to make it really obvious that they're doing a cut. And they do, but the cuts, like, they're spaced out, like, 15 minutes apart. It's really impressive. Um, they're really good long takes. And clearly, like I said, there's, like, there's costume changes. There are actors who are getting off the set and being replaced by other actors. Right. Um, there are these, like, there's these lighting changes. All this stuff is going on in one single shot. Right. Um, which is really cool. Oh, cool. Um, we also started watching the chilling adventures of Sabrina, which is another yeah. Netflix. That's another thing I want to watch. Um, it's good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, I haven't seen Riverdale. I don't know if it's the same people. It's certainly, it is the same people and it's, but they're not the same town. Yeah. So they're like neighboring towns. And so they make a lot of reference. They make like a handful of references to mm-hmm. like, Oh, Rivendell, Riverdale, Riverdale or like Rivendell. The or like. The elves are invading. Beat, you know, because they go to Baxter High, and I think, I can't remember the name of the other high school in Riverdale, um, but they, like, make a reference to that um, and different things like that. It is way, so I grew up watching the ABC's families, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, the... with, like, Melissa Joan Hart and um, Caroline Ray. And it was like, it was a comedy and it was very goofy and I adored it when I was a kid. And I think I watched some of the cartoon. Yeah. There was like briefly a cartoon about the preteen adventures. Um, And it was, it is, it it is is not not that. that. It is not that. Like there is no like Salem making cheeky, you know, cheeky references. There's no like. And it, but it's weird. But the fundamentally, the characters, the character of Sabrina, is the same, which I think is really interesting mm-hmm. in both versions. Like everybody else is fucking different, and everything else is different. But like, I feel like fundament- the aunts are fundamentally the same characters, from what I remember of the the ABC show. Yeah, like Zelda is they're much a bit darker. They're a bit darker, but like those character elements are still there. Yeah. But, like, it's really obvious with Sabrina because she's still this, you know, she's still a go-getter. She's still a feminist. She's still, you know, she's still goofy and a little bit of an outcast and um, very, like, friendly and loyal and loving. Like, those things are the same, but the environment around her is incredibly different. So that's been really interesting. Ambrose is not a character in the original series. He might be a character from the comic books. 
Um, because these are all based off of like the Archie comics. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like what I- else? But they keep they keep the fact that like the mother, her mother is mortal and her dad is uh, a warlock. Um, so that stays the same. Uh, in the in the version from like the two thousand, the early two thousand, like late nineties, early two thousands, um, it was that her parents. I forget why exactly, but like her parents were alive, but she was being raised by her aunts. Mm. Um, versus in the this one, in this one, the parents are dead. Like the right. parents are explicitly dead. Um, and there's a lot. The magic is different. Because, like, in Sabrina the Teen... And they make, like, a reference to it in, like, the first shot and then never again. But the magic in Sabrina the Teenage Witch, the original one, was very, like... She pointed her finger and she would say kind of silly rhymes and, like, things would happen. And this one is much more, like, rooted in, like, pagan Wiccan rituals. And it's a lot of, like, ritualistic magic. And they don't shy away from the idea that it's, like... No, the devil. It is the and, devil. And, like, it is the, the devil. devil. Friend of the, the show. Da- the dark one. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, it is, you know, it's the devil. She has to sign her name in the book. It's called a dark baptism. Like, they do not shy away from any of yeah. that. The I did see something where it was, like, Christian groups are annoyed at it because it's promoting witchcraft. And Wicca groups are annoyed at it because it's misrepresenting Wicca. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's absolutely right. Yeah. Because it's... It's not exactly promoting witchcraft because it is like, no, you're signing your soul away. You're signing away your free will, essentially. Mm-hmm. And that's that's kind of the thing that irks Sabrina is because, like, if she's told, oh, yeah, well, our, our religion's all about free will. Like, the, the devil's the original, um, the original outcast. He's the original rebel. He spoke up for free will. And it's like, okay, yeah, if you're a Satanist, that is kind of the, 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 the basis of Satanism. So I was kind of interested in that. And then they were like, yeah, no, that's a lie. That's not true. <laughs> if you sign, like, like, oh, yeah, by signing your name in this book, you're you're giving your will over to the Dark Lord forever. And she's like, what? No. Hell no. <laughs> um, so that's kind of like a lot of the conflict of the series so far. It's, it is weird. It is, it is totally very strange. Right. Um, but I appreciate it. And I feel like it's definitely going for what it wants to go for. And yeah, I do. I do want to watch both of these uh, yeah. at some point. Yeah. And I, I mean, hopefully, I will before we get back to the next. I, I want to get back to Maniac because at least didn't care for it. I really want to watch the rest of it. Maniac Cop? No, no, just Maniac. Just Maniac. Okay. Um, this was the one I talked about on the podcast. I feel like I should give back. it a second. Yeah, I should give it a second. We episode. should give it another episode at least because I was really intrigued by the first episode, and I really would like to see where they go from there. And then I want to go back and I want to watch. Um, I want to watch Brazil. Because I want to see what your reactions are to Brazil after that. There is one more thing I want to to reference to to bring up yeah. a, a recommendation, um, and I had forgotten about it, and I'm glad I, you guys were talking about like spooky stuff and, and comedy and, and all that kind of stuff. So this was something that was introduced to me at NecoCon okay. um, by one of the voice actors that they had come in. This was like one of for pet projects. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a web series um, called Ghosts and Stuff, Inc., <laughs> um, okay. which is the way that it's described, and it's a pretty good description, is if you took one of those, like, ghost, like, taps, like those ghost hunting shows, uh-huh. and then mixed it with Parks and Rec. 
Okay. Yes, and I'm, here for I'm this. sold. Like most of these episodes are like less than ten minutes long. Um, so so it's pretty short, but it's like it's a lot of fun. Like they showed she showed some of the videos in in the uh, in the panel, and uh, it looks it, it's pretty funny. Nice. And I think that that kind of humor is stuff that you two would really enjoy. What, what's it called again? It's called Ghosts and Stuff Inc. Ghosts and Stuff Inc. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The um, it's got a couple of stuff at like the the first thing that was. Uh, posted is an infomercial, which is super um, low quality because that's supposed to be like in universe. Uh, but like the actual production quality of it is is pretty spot on. Cool. Um, so yeah, it's it's real funny. Uh, <laughs> so check that out. All right. Done. Yeah, I'm looking at it. It looks uh, TV series started in 2016. I'm surprised I hadn't heard about it before now. All right. Um, I think that's a podcast, guys. All right. All well, right. thank Sounds you good. for joining us tonight. Uh, my name's Alex. I'm Nick. And I'm Elise. And uh, we hope you enjoy the race uh, of your evening. This has been Some Nerd Type of Podcast. And uh, live deliciously. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night.